Hello and welcome to another edition of the All Things Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring experts on, on leadership topics to share their experience and insights. I have with me today a very special guest who joins me all the way from Singapore. Uh, he's Fabrice Demaresco. Fabrice helps individuals and C-suite teams to reach their full potential. He's a senior advisor and former partner with McKinsey and Company. He spent over 30 years working with CEOs, business owners, and C-suite executives to transform their businesses, their careers, and their lives. And it is my pleasure, Fabrice, to welcome you to the All Things Leadership Podcast. Thank you very much, Fred. Pleasure to be here. Glad to have you as well. Fabrice, let's, let's talk about um, contemplative leadership. I know this is a topic that's uh, near and dear to your heart. Oftentimes you hear contemplative leadership, but I'm not sure that a lot of folks know exactly what that entails. Can you talk to us a little bit about, about what, what that is? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to dispel the myth that uh, in order to be contemplative, you need to retire to a monastery and live a life of uh, uh, silence and solitude, uh, which is normally the image that comes associated with uh, contemplatives, right? Yeah, and uh, in in opposition, we we have the world of action, which is normally where we find leaders, right? And and most of the leaders you and I know, I guess, pride themselves of being uh, people of action, and so we 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 normally hold this opposition between action and contemplation. Uh, you have to choose. You're either a person of action, and you go into the world of leadership and the corporate world, and you do things. Or a very small number of people choose a life of contemplation and they retire from the world. And, and instead of doing, they tend to focus on the on the being. So my whole um, approach is to say, well, we don't have to view these two things in opposition. We can be people of action. We can be leaders. We can be CEOs. We can be senior executives. And at the same time, have a part of ourselves that is dedicated to contemplation. And by marrying the two, we reach higher levels of consciousness, or if you want to put it in another way, we reach higher levels of discernment, uh, higher levels of uh, wisdom, which is much, much needed, I, I, I think, in the world today. So, so that's been my, my approach um, for, for uh, the last many years and, and one that I bring to the executives and the, the teams I work with. Yeah, yeah. When, you, when we when we talk about contemplative, thanks for the background, Fabrice. When we, we we think about contemplative leadership, what is what does that involve? I mean, you you rightly said with an anecdotally there that it you know you don't have to retire um, or become a recluse, right? To be to be to be contemplative as a leader, but what what, what does that involve? Because I hear a lot of CEOs. I work with um, in my work with uh, executives, and their lives tend to be extremely busy, right? I mean, I you'd be hard-pressed to find a CEO who doesn't, maybe a few now, right? But most of them seem to be just so busy, you know, just don't, at least one of them that I spoke with, just doesn't seem to find the time at all to do anything. I'm sure that's the exception. But what does that art of contemplation involves here as it relates to, to leadership? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the word busy because this is what comes up the most when in our conversations with, with uh, CEOs and senior executives. Uh, it's like there's a, an ideology of busyness in our world today that, you know, if I ask you, how are you doing? You know, the natural answer is, man, I'm, I'm so busy, right? 
And, and we almost take pride of this. Uh, and, and so let, let, let's come back to that because I think this is one of the greatest uh, diseases of our modern uh, society and definitely of our, of our corporate world today is this ideology of, of uh, busyness. So I'll give you two two definition of, of contemplative leadership, one uh, more focused on, on the what and, and one more focused on the how we do it, right? So the, the what, and, and that definition actually doesn't come from me, uh, sadly, I think I, I got it from Eckhart Tolle. You know, you can picture two orthogonal axes, uh, one one horizontal axis that is the dimension of time. And, and in that dimension of time, we do things, right? So that's, that's the world of doing. Mm -hmm. And in a way, success is doing more stuff in the time we have, mm -hmm. right? So if I manage to do uh, 10 things in a day, uh, success would be doing 12 things in the day. Uh, I, I compare that to the guy who, who juggles balls or, or spins plates, right? So I, I start spinning plates, and as, as, a, as a junior executive, I can spin five plates. Mm -hmm. And as I get more here, I can, I can spin six plates and maybe seven plates, and, and that is success. Yeah. So it's, it's compressing more in that horizontal dimension of time and doing more and more things. And that's basically a reaction to this ideology of busyness. And I think very, very wisely, uh, Eckhart Tolle introduces this vertical dimension of depth, which you find in most spiritual traditions, right? I mean, it's no mystery that, for example, in Christianity, you find the symbol of the, of the cross, mm -hmm. right? The horizontal line and a vertical mm -hmm. line. And, and the vertical line is the going in depth in the present moment, mm -hmm. being present instead of running and constantly anticipating the next moment, the next meeting, when I reach this target, I will be happy. And so I'm always constantly either projecting myself into the future or looking back to, to look at the past and say, oh, you know, I should have done this. Yeah. I should have done that. You know, let's be fully present in the present moment and go in depth in the present moment. So in a way, you can picture contemplative leadership as a, a practice that allows you both to be in the horizontal material world of doing stuff and trying to do stuff with more productivity with more efficiency and for, for the, the sake of success and at the same time it's not either or it's and at the same time deepening your out of presence being fully present to the situations the people yourself and attending to what is happening in the present moment and, and i think it's a it's a mistake to view these two dimensions as opposite they're not opposite they're orthogonal right so in mathematical sense uh, for, for those in your audience who are mathematically inclined there are orthogonal dimensions one cannot be reduced to the other and so you can be present in the world as a person of action and deepening your 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 presence in the vertical dimensions and being uh, in the present moment so that, that's a, a very conceptual definition. Now, maybe uh, those who listen to us will say, well, thank you, Fabrice. V very helpful. Now, how do I do that? Right? Yes, exactly. And I was going to ask. <laughs> I, I knew this, this was coming. No? So look, th th there's not one practice that I, I don't think there's any magical uh, solution. As I said, I think retiring uh, to the Himalayas and, and, and going on top of the mountain and, and, and shaving our head uh perhaps is one 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 solution but then it's going to be difficult to run your company at the same time 
So I think there's a series of practices that we can we can uh, we can look at, and and one practice, which actually and uh, includes many other sub practices in it, is the the, the practice of retreats, um, and 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 that's the, the the title of my book, right? The the art of retreat, uh, which says, in the midst of your busy life, and I know it is difficult, and I know it will be very challenging to find the time. And if even if you would like to do it for yourself, you still want to, you know, how do I explain this to my family and, and that I will gonna that I'm gonna take time off. But simply uh speaking, taking time out of the busyness, taking time out of the connectivity in silence, in solitude, in a space that resonates with you. And with the willingness to reconnect with your soul or your spirit, right? So that's the the four S's of of, uh, of uh, retreats. You're going to take some time to simply see what is happening and being in the present moment. And 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 of course, there's many ways that you know I, I guide uh, people on how to do that. But it is as simple as. You go to a nice place that you like. You can sit on a park uh, on the bench in the park. Or you can go to one of your favorite coffee shop that has good vibes and where you feel really good, right? And you're going to take a, a a blank sheet of paper, a pen, and you're going to sit there, disconnect your phones, don't bring your tablets, don't bring your laptop, don't bring, don't listen to a podcast, just be with yourself. Mm. And 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 at the beginning, you could say, "Well, look, what's what is it going to do for me?" Mm -hmm. And, and to a certain extent, it's a little bit like trying to fly a plane by reading a book on, on how to fly planes, right? You, you have to experience it mm -hmm. yourself. But there's magic that happens even if it's only one hour. Even if it's only one hour and you sit by yourself in what I call silence, which means disconnecting, essentially, right? Uh, solitude doesn't have to be in the desert. You can be surrounded by people, but you're by yourself in a nice space that speaks to you. And and with the, the willingness to just listen to the, the what's going on in my mind, in my heart, in my body, in my soul, you you start actually being much much more in the present moment, and that's the beginning of deepening that that vertical line. You you take more time, right? You have two hours. You take two hours uh, once every two weeks, once a month. Uh, if you if you have a weekend, you know you can take half a day. Maybe it's in a room in your house where you can be quiet and and the room has good vibes or maybe you have a cabin in the woods or whatever right it, whatever works for you to start on this journey of taking stepping out of this ideology of busyness and say you know what i may be busy but i'm still gonna take an hour with nothing on the agenda being present yeah that that is so needed uh fabrice especially in in in, in leadership i remember um i was chatting with one of my uh, teammates uh, and we we're just talking about this year and I was asking what are they going to do differently um, as, as as a leader and one of the things uh, she said was 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 take, take time more time off and the reason she said that is you know towards the end of last year she had so much vacation so I think she ended up losing she had accrued so much time that she ended up losing because she could only carry forward um, a set number I think she ended up losing about 60 hours or so and um, she, one of the things she said was self-care, taking time to intentionally plan uh, that, that, that time away. 
Um, you also hear the flip side of it where there is this perception that, well, maybe, maybe it's an old perception, really, because I don't think everyone thinks that way, that the more time you take from work, you know, you're, it's, it's a work ethic, right? So we're, we're driven, you know, we want to be there, we want to be on, 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 on. What is the responsibility as leaders? Um, you've worked with several of them uh, over the years to encourage our teams to, 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 to take time because I, I believe that, you know, if someone takes time that's needed to take care of themselves, they come back to work more productive, more energized, and, um, you know, more able to do good work, right? So how do we shift that paradigm from, well, you know, the more time you take, the more, you know, whatever, into encouraging our teams to actually not, you know, not calling out and things like that, but really taking time for themselves, um, you know, just, just like you talked about, right? Yeah, I, I think there's two two ways to to look at it. One is, you know, purely from a physiological standpoint. I think we have tons of research today yeah. that says, look, if you're completely in in that state of stress, you know, hyperactivity, uh, you're you're going to generate, you know, a lot of cortisol, a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. You're going to be in a state of permanent anxiety. Uh, it's not good for you, right? It's not good for your cardiovascular system. It's not good for for your brain. It's not good for anything, right? So th th there's there's a physiological answer to for for why hyperactivity, hyper busyness is actually not not good, and and that has been you know very well uh, documented and, yeah. and and researched. I think there's a more profound reason other than just saying you know I, I want to lower my cortisol levels. Uh, which is simply that hyper busyness is is rarely dictated by a fundamental need, right? It, it it's almost a, an, an addiction. It's it's almost a, a drug, right? Because we get addicted to the dopamine of achieving small wins and and uh, and we feel good about ourselves and 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 so it, it it becomes an addiction. But if you take a step back, you say, for the sake of what am I yeah, doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Now, occasionally, and it's all happened to, to, to all of us, we need to put in the 80 yeah. hours a week because yeah. there's there's something that's happened. And, you know, like a, a lot of companies needed to work extremely hard at the beginning of the COVID uh, uh, restrictions because we had to adapt and find a new business model. So and, and we didn't have the luxury of time. Right. So there are circumstances in, in, in which it is justified. To, to, to put in the, the 80 hour a week, but for the most time, yeah. right? Look, let's face it, we're chasing imaginary numbers, budgets, whatever, KPIs, you, you, you know what I mean? I mean, all this imaginary world yeah. that we've created for ourselves the, that, that, that is going to produce imaginary money, that is going to go to, to you know, imaginary shoulders that we've never met. And, 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 and you have to ask yourself for the sake of what? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and am I really? Is this really yeah. how I want to live my life? Yeah. Is this really the contribution, you know, of my uh, short time on, yeah. on on this planet? And yeah. and when you, but you're not going to be able to ask yourself for the sake of what, yeah. if you don't take that time to disconnect because the busyness is so addictive that it generates, you know, busyness in a way generates its own busyness, mm -hmm. and and you need to to break that that cycle of doom. To say, you know what, I, I I need a step back, which is why, you know, look, it will happen whether you like it or not. It will happen because if you don't stop, you will burn out or something will happen to you, to your family, where at some point you think, you know, 
if I continue like that, I'm going to crash. Yeah. And what I'm telling my executives is don't wait yeah. for, for that moment to happen when you're going to take a forced, you know, peer, down period to, to reevaluate your, your, your situation, whether because something happened to your health or to one of the, you know, your loved ones, or you're going to get fired or you have a career accident. You know, these are the shocks that normally prompt people to reevaluate their lives. And I'm saying don't wait for that shock. Yeah. Reevaluate your life regularly yeah. by taking moments of, of, of retreat. And you will yeah. see with more clarity, with more balance, because you're going to rebalance your physiological system. Yeah. So you'll 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 have better wisdom, better discernment if yeah. you take moments off. Yeah. As simple as that, right? Yeah. I had a guest on this podcast maybe a couple of years ago who actually happens to live in Singapore. He was sharing with me this very powerful story. Um, he was he very successful, you know, built this multi-million dollar um, organization that he was running. Had two young kids. He had a wife. He had a beautiful family. And uh, but then he kept, you know, running on this hamster wheel, so to speak. And then one day he shared with me on the podcast that um, he was running from one meeting to the other. He had gotten into his car and he was, you know, sat in there and was trying to lift one foot from the ground. I think one foot was in the car. He was trying to lift the other foot into the car and he couldn't. Right there and then he suffered a stroke. And uh, he'd been trying to recover since for the past 10 years. And he was sharing this powerful story. And I asked him, what, if anything, would you do differently um, if we were to you know, reverse the, the hands of time? And what he told me stuck with me. And I've shared the story a couple of times every time this, this comes up here. And he said, Fred, if there's anything I'll do differently, it would be to spend more time with my family. Now his wife runs the business. Um, he's obviously trying to, you know, his speech is slurred. His, you know, mobility is affected. He can't walk. But it's just in hindsight now, all the things that he wished he, 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 he could have done. Now he finds himself in this rather unfortunate situation. I think that resonates so much and ties in with what you're saying. Because we want to build. We think we have the time. We're young. We want to. We want to put in all that we can, and then one day we'll sit down and, and, and relax, right? But one day is never guaranteed, right? Um, so it's it's it just brought back, um, you know, this 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 memory, and 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 I hear that a lot. I mean, in the corporate world, you know, we want to build. This is the time we're young. We want to build, build, build. And one day, whatever that one day means, right? When we get there, we'll we'll relax and enjoy. But you know, as in you know, the example that you shared, and you know, from those who have not been fortunate enough to enjoy that one day um just so i think it just underscores the importance of of, of retreating now um to your point if, if we can right your response to that that's such a powerful example yeah, yeah no I, I i love it yeah. and and what i observe also uh, more recently is that you know there's a continuum of reactions to these epidemics of of busyness um not every executive uh is you know an addict to working 16 right. hours a day I, I think this this was more uh, an archetype that we found in the 80s and 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 the 90s maybe the beginning of the 2000s yeah i think there's a growing consciousness yes. about the, the fact that we need to find more balance yeah and so people go to the gym uh, people go spend time with their families yeah. people are more protective of their holidays yeah. although most of the folks I work with, if not all of them, still check emails when when they're yeah. on holidays. Right, get to a certain level of responsibility yeah. and, yeah. and senior. 
yeah, don't, I'm not too sure there's too many ways around that. But, but you know, I think we we've become more aware that we, we need to regain our balance, not only for the sake of our health, uh, whether it's physical health, mental health, emotional health, but but also we we owe it to the organizations that we lead, and I, and I think that's that's sometimes the the angle that I take in my conversations with CEOs to say, look, you don't want to do it for yourself, but I think you don't have a choice. This is something that you owe the people that you lead. You owe it to your customers. You owe it to your shareholders. You owe it to the to the communities in in which you exist. That to be a good CEO, you need to bring more wisdom, more discernment, more balance, more clarity to your action, to your journey. And this is not going to happen if you don't take the necessary uh, step backs to view the situation from, you know, the, the Ronald Heifetz, you know, view it from the balcony, don't, don't be on the dance floor, right? I mean, the, yeah. we're all pointing at the same thing, that there's a need to take a, a, a time away from the action so that we can develop a higher perspective on what's going on. Absolutely. Going on retreats is a fantastic tool, but I, I don't want to say, look, you know, I have the answer to everything and everybody should should go on retreats. I, I think there's there's other practices, journaling, uh, meditation, uh, breathing practices, exercising. You know, when you're running or when you're on the treadmill, things things happen in, in, in your head, right? Uh, practices of gratitude, uh, you, you know, reflecting on how you're, you have uh, uh, almost an obligation of service when you're a CEO, you know, to, to, to your employees, to your community. So I think there's a whole set of practices, which, of course, you can integrate yeah. when you have time to take retreats. That's where you integrate all these practices together. Yeah. But if you don't have, you know, the, the time, the inclination uh, to go and spend half a day, a day in silence in a nice place for yourself, at least there's some practices that you can that you can bring to bear. Yeah, absolutely. A perfect segue into your book, uh, The Art of Retreats, A Leader's Journey uh, Toward Clarity, Balance, and, and Purpose. You kind of touched on it earlier, but let's 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 talk a little bit about that book. Why did you write that? Of course, we were talking about this the whole time, but why did you write that book and what what are a few lessons there that you capture uh, for leaders? Yeah, I, I think the why was simply, you know, to 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 help me also um, structure uh, a lot of approaches and practices that I had used with my clients over the years. Right? I mean, I'm I, I've I've been in the um, profession of of uh, supporting senior leaders for for a long, long time. As you mentioned, I was uh, I was a partner at McKinsey. I've actually uh, rejoined. Uh, McKinsey uh, two years ago, and and I'm now uh, looking after the leadership practice of McKinsey in uh, in the region. Uh, nice. So so I, I went back to my alma mater, uh, where where I have a, a fantastic vantage point on 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 the world of executive senior executives, large corporate, and I think that's where I can I can have the most impact. Right. Uh, so I wanted to structure and put some some. Um, um, some some um, uh, discipline into how I how I bring this to the yeah. world. Uh, so that that was the main reason for for uh, for writing the book. Um, it, it it really um, helped me in a way uh, distill 
what what are the key themes if if you're going to take a few hours to to go and sit by yourself and you don't have the inclination to do say the the zen practice of staring at a wall right because uh, the the problem with a lot of the contemplative practices is that the barrier to entry is quite high and how many executives do I know who said, you know, Fabrice, I would love to meditate, but I tried and it's not mm. me. You know, my brain keeps, keeps, keeps jumping from one thing to another. And I'm like, yes, you know, that, that's why we meditate. Yeah. <laughs> it's because we all have a brain that yeah. jumps from one thing to the other. Uh, but I found that the, the barrier to entry to a lot of the more traditional uh, spiritual practices is very high and not all of us have also the inclination to necessarily adopt one spiritual way whether it's buddhism christianity whatever you know we we, we you know some some we we have resistance to these practices um sometimes so i said look you 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 don't need as i said right to 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 shave your head and 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 wear the robes yeah um why don't you take a, a few themes that are critical and i think they're particularly critical to executives entrepreneurs business builders ceos because these are the the top the, the struggles that we find in 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 that life right and 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 i found seven themes that i distill in the book and and guide the reader on how do you go a little bit deeper on each of these themes and and they're very simple in a way one yeah. is this is a journey, not the destination. There's no yeah. destination in yeah. life. You know, let let's yeah. let's stop this. You know, when we reach a hundred million, yeah. we'll be yeah. happy. Yeah. When I make, you know, when I get this big fat bonus, I'll yeah. be happy. Because yeah. the reality is you won't, you yeah. won't be happy. So let's stop kidding yourself that there is a destination, there's a mountain to climb, and once you get on top of the mountain, mm. you'll be happy. No. Mm. There's a journey, and every step of the way on that journey, you need to you need to find fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, prepare yourself for a life of misery and anxiety yeah. and stress and, and lack of purpose. Right. Yeah. So that's one. Relationships, obviously. I mean, we we are human beings. We we are social animals. So how do I go much deeper in my relationships? Uh, presence. How am I? You know, in this vertical dimension, how can I be more present and attend to my employees, my colleagues, my clients, my shareholders, my 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 communities. Um, how to deal with the complexity of the world and this is in itself a big big topic right but but essentially the the world has become increasingly complex and and complex has a mathematical um meaning right i'm not using the word uh and, uh, like that there is a definition of complexity with right into it and all the traditional recipes that we use in the corporate world from budgets to org charts to uh, to standard operating procedures to KPI, this is just not going to cut it yeah. right so we have a whole apparatus of management techniques which just do not work in the yeah. face of complexity wisdom death and finding purpose and fulfillment that that's the seven themes if you want that uh, i encourage readers to to explore a little bit more depth uh in in the space that they create for themselves on retreats love it what what in your opinion fabrice do you feel like uh is is one of the challenges or some of the challenges of uh the 21st century leader leadership of course evolves right to make from 80s 90s and now we are with 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 all sort of the you know uh macroeconomic factors politics and you know world wars and all of that um uh, you know of course 
say one size definitely doesn't doesn't fit all right when it comes to leadership the way the way we used to lead back then or how you you know lead over a certain you know function area or era is not the same way right you got to be able to flex what what do you think is one of the major challenges that today's leader faces well i, th I think that the major challenge that i see pretty much every organization i work with uh uh struggle with is is complexity yeah and complexity to define it very simply is that you no longer understand the relationship between causes and effects you know there was a time when things were a lot simpler and and by the way a lot of the situations we face today still are simple right i mean if i flip a switch the line the light uh, is turned on in my room that's a very simple cause and effect relationship so a lot of the things that surround us still have this simple cause and effect uh relationship but if you look at a complex system like a company that operates in a complex system like its environment we quite frankly we do not understand the relationship between cause and effect not only we don't understand it but there is no way we can understand it right which which from a uh an ontological standpoint is is very very powerful to say look we will never be able to understand the relationship between cause and effect and so all the sort of predictive linear way of seeing the world if i do a i get b right if i assemble my machine in this way then the machine works and then when i press on the button it makes coffee and and whenever i press on the button it makes coffee it will never make me a ham sandwich mm -hmm. right that that is the the simple industrial world in which we've been brought up since the industrial revolution and but we still view organizations as a series of machines you know the op chart the command and control uh way of organizing companies today is directly inherited from from the second industrial revolution mm -hmm. where you know the top had the knowledge they had education and they were managing a bunch of workers who mm -hmm. were not educated mm -hmm. and they had to be told what to do and they mm -hmm. had to be controlled today the guys at the bottom the gen z the millennials mm -hmm. they, they're actually probably more educated than the guys yeah. at the top yeah yeah how do you expect that you're going to have a command and control yeah where you know with a centrally planned system that is going to tell people oh sorry hiring freeze you cannot have anyone for mm -hmm. your business unit you know we don't care that you were mm -hmm. growing like like fantastically well in in your micro market we don't mm -hmm. care hiring freeze for everyone right this just doesn't work so we have old recipes that work well in a predictive linear Mm -hmm. repeatable environment like the industrial environment and these are processes that I need if I'm running a factory I need command and control I need yeah. processes standard yeah. operating procedures because when yeah. I produce spare parts for Airbus I want my spare parts to look always the same yeah. because otherwise planes are going to crash right? right so we need predictability reliability yeah. but for most human systems and other systems that are non-linear like financial markets weather patterns yeah. traffic patterns uh, city planning you know cul company culture you cannot predict company culture by saying if I do a b c then my employees will react mm -hmm. by doing d e and f you know it's a complete you don't know what what is the relationship yeah. between cause and effect and so we need an entirely new set of tools uh, unfortunately 
most companies uh, and and leaders are still trained in the old you know frederick taylor yeah harvard business yeah world, you know wh whatever this is the predictive world and so what i observe is that they work harder and harder and harder and seriously all my clients you know that i see all my executive teams that i work with i see them working harder and harder and harder to produce barely the same mm. outputs it's just not working anymore and so we're, we're getting to the end of this system add to that the fact that you know the capitalist ethos yeah that has really since since again the second industrial revolution right and it's been decried by Karl Marx but Karl Marx got it completely wrong but you know it's it's like this ideology of shareholder value right? the, the archetype is Jack Welch mm -hmm. right every every year I kill 10 percent of my workforce swim or sing mm -hmm. I don't care you know everything for the shareholder mm. value this this capitalist uh model that has done so much good in a way to 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 elevate the 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 standard of living healthcare transportation community I mean we, we've benefited so much from this model but I think we're seeing the limits of this model today yeah. in the in the way we're destroying society and we're destroying the planet yeah and so yeah we have this double thing that the world has become super complex and we don't understand the relationships between cause and effect in in in, the, in our corporations and where uh, we need to reinvent a, a model that is not going to destroy ourselves yeah yeah and you also hear in some of these more traditional um organizations right i mean if it's if it's not broken don't fix it right and so you have people who are in positions for you know 30 40 you know however many years doing the same thing right and so there is this conflict between the younger ones as you mentioned you know z millennials and then the older you know generation right just different work ethic and the, the two are constantly you know at war and conflict H how do we keep up right how do we how do we flex our leadership how do we remain fluid how do we remain um adaptable flexible how do we allow change management to to permeate right to to kind of help us remain fluid to be adaptable in a in a complex world as you as you rightly um, uh, you know explained it yeah I'm an optimist and and I, I think what I want to to leave your audience with is is a message of hope yeah uh, I I think the world is ready for something new yeah that's that's point number one yeah and it's always a question of critical mass you know do we need 10% of the world population or the US population to 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 start tilting the scale you know i i don't know but i can sense that there's you know a, a growing sense that what got us here is not going to get us there that is true so, marshall goldsmith wrote a book on that right what got you there exactly. he wrote a book <laughs> yeah he wrote he wrote the book right and and this is so true uh, it doesn't mean that we have the answers by the right. way but at least we 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 have collectively a sense that some we need to change so that's point number one I I find also a growing uh openness willingness from senior leaders uh to look at different ways of being you know I, I coach mostly CEOs and, and or, or mentor CEOs. Uh, I, I work with their top teams. Uh, I bring some of the practices that we talked about earlier. I, I don't find a lot of resistance. I, I don't push too hard either, but 
really in terms of are we going to take time on on retreats are we going to take a couple of days together to go in a nice place surrounded by nature so that we can have space without being rushed to talk about the most pressing issues that are facing us and we don't have we don't have a watch we don't have a, a, a diary that says we need to complete finish this discussion in 30 minutes because we need to move to budget no no i, I clear the space so that we finally for the first time in their lives my executives have space to discuss what what really matters and and you would be surprised how the conversations suddenly blossom right so i think there's readiness from from the top uh, of the corporate world to look at different approaches i don't expect much from uh, from the political uh, power so i think it has to happen one ceo at a time one company at a time one individual at a time uh, you know, I'm, I'm just one individual, but I know there's many others like you and, and many others who are who are um, uh, advocating that we look at a different way of doing things. So I'm, I'm fairly optimistic. Uh, of course, you know, I'm not uh, blindly optimistic. I think we all know the threats that are hanging over our heads. But in, in general, if you look at the the, the 200,000 years of uh, or 2 million years of, of human history and the 70,000 years of Homo sapiens, I think we've done pretty well for ourselves, you know, m moving from uh, from from the desert and, and the jungle to to flying around with airplanes and, and digital devices and fantastic healthcare. I think we'll we'll figure it out, but we yeah. need we need your voice, Fred, we, we need mine uh we need to continue supporting our clients absolutely yeah and unity is strength right we can't we can't we can't do it um on our own individually we need everyone fabrice thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing such valuable nuggets I may mean, i i can't tell you how many times i've had i think over and you may know um anisa dad right anise was uh my my previous guest um and he he touched on some of the same things yeah. that you're that you're talking about here thus so i think it's yeah he's he's a good friend and uh, yes. anise and i work together actually yeah uh, supporting clients yeah together. yeah yeah i think this is uh yet to be released uh this week so uh yeah this definitely i mean i think you will touch on some important points there but uh yeah definitely valuable lessons here that we all need that i need as well um you know to as much as i have that desire to be that great leader it's important for me to to disconnect some time uh to find that, that peace and quiet to 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 find my own out of out of retreat whatever that means um, and i do hope that our, our listeners um whoever either your leader up and coming leader whoever you are uh, you can also find value in, in, in that as well. Um, but it's just, I love the concept of ver vertical and then, you know, the, the concept of being uh, and doing and, and finding that balance, right? It's not one or the other. It's, 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 it's one end, right? It's, 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 it's finding both. It's, it's, bl it's blending that. Really appreciate you coming and your, uh, your insight here. And, and to your listeners, we couldn't really do this without you. We thank you for tuning in as always. And until we come your way next time with another edition, uh, thank you so much and stay well. Thank you, Fred. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you.